0: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome once more to this outside brand, outside version of worship for River of the Valley. And so glad that you are are here together, the ones on time, way to be. Of course, this is Communion Sunday, so we'll find ourselves at the table just so you have a little bit of expectation in your heads. We'll do that uh, after we do the, the middle part of our worship so our whole church will be here together. So that won't be for a little while. We'll get ourselves going here and we'll, we'll enter a time of, of musical worship. The Felipe and the team will lead us there and then we'll open up the word together. Of course, this is um, the big big name for our country now is Elections. So we'll be doing some prayer today over over that in our country. I have the book of common worship. So we got some great prayers in here. We'll be doing that together. And let's just start off by offering all that we're going to do. All of this time used for prayer uh, for singing uh, for listening to God's word let's offer that now in, in prayer Lord thank you once more that you have called us into worship that you have given us the, the freedom to be together to to concentrate our lives once more to focus our lives once more on you as our creator we ask that you would humble us today reminding us that we are the created reminding us that you You have given us purpose we can seek that purpose and we can even know it that as we open your scripture today we can we can even know you and know who we are because of that Lord we give you right now the glory in all of the amazing parts of our life and particularly in this past week as we think about the the journey that we have been on as we've seen your beauty in creation, or as we have enjoyed the love of family or friends, Lord, we're grateful for all that you give us in terms of, of those tangible blessings. Lord forgive us when we have failed to, to turn back thanks to you and instead we have, we have understood that it, it is by our own power that we have goodness. So forgive us Lord in those ways that we have tried to, to claim credit for the goodness that surrounds us. Rather, Lord, we now turn that back to you. Lord, we, we come before you, offering offering our thoughts, even our emotions, and we, we simply lay them down, like opening up our hands. We offer them up now, pausing, In the middle of this busy San Fernando Valley, we pause as a community of faith. Among millions of people, this group, this group of people stops and pauses now to simply turn back Thanksgiving, to focus back in on you. So lift up our voices because you are the God who has has brought us the joy of our salvation. You are the one who has supplied us with the hope and peace of our eternal calling to be with you forever and in the goodness of your creation. So we ask, Lord, Lord Jesus, lift up our voices now. Lift up our hearts now as we turn our eyes to you. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's join in in a song as we enter into this into fully into this time of worship.
1: Oh God, you wrestle with the sinner's heart. You lead us, you lead us by still waters into mercy, and nothing can keep us apart. So remember, so remember. Your grace is enough Your grace is enough Your grace is enough For me Great Great is your love and justice, God of Jacob You are so weak to lead the strong us. You lead us in the song of your salvation, and all your people sing on So So re- So remember, so remember your peace.
0: Yeah, God's grace is enough that is that is truth Let's all say that God's grace is enough Yeah, you know it takes faith right often to be able to say that because there are so many reasons So many things that happen in our lives that make us question that that very basic premise that God's grace is enough there are times which make us feel like maybe just maybe we need a little bit more than God's grace to make it through. And so part of being the church and being together in worship is we can encourage each other to say those words and to hold on to them in faith even when at times it feels like, you know what? Can I really trust that God's grace is enough? So today we we will open up scriptures. We will wrestle with that. Before we jump into that, let's let's spend a few minutes here in prayer. You know it's uh, election season here, and um, I wanted to to start off today simply turning back um, to the Lord with all of the anxieties that I know so many people have over what's going to happen this next week, um, and also all, our hopes all colliding somewhere in the middle. And um, so let's let's spend time in prayer. I, we have some prayers that the church has created over time in a book called the Book of Common Prayer, and. <laughs> there's a section, there are different sections with themes. And one of those themes is prayers for, for the nation. And there are several subtitles. One of them is for times of election, which we will pray together. But then also there is a separate one that says, uh, in times of um, crisis. It almost feels like we need to pray both of those. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be. I'm gonna begin by praying the one with the election title. I'll then move into the one uh, about crisis. And they're short. And I'll give some space in there for us to do our own reflecting, but let me open this up. So prayer for our country during a time of an election, Father God, we ask that you would now um, help us to pray as you would desire as we come before you uh, as, as those with concerns and and also uh, aspirations for what what will be coming as we do move into the this crucial crucial election as we think about about this country and all of our hopes that I I know in some ways kind of come into the middle uh, and they at times collide but may may right now this be a time in which we can um, set our hopes for this country based upon your word and and release. Our our need to control so Lord hear hear this prayer at the time of this election under your law we live great God and by your will we govern ourselves help us as good citizens to respect neighbors whose views differ from ours so that without partisan anger we may work out our issues that divide us and elect candidates to serve the common welfare through Jesus Christ the Lord God of Ages, in your sight nations rise and fall and pass through times of peril. Now when our land is troubled, be near to judge and to save. May leaders be led by your wisdom. May they search your will and see it clearly. And if we have turned from your way, help us to reverse our ways and repent. Give us your light and your truth to guide us. Through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of this world, and is our Savior. Amen. Amen. We've been speaking the past couple weeks leading up into this election. just just some reminders about you know being being the church in this time. And as we do um, move into this next week, uh, only God knows exactly what's going to happen. Um, but what will our response be as Christians? No matter if the person you vote for wins or if that person does not win, however however the things of this world play out, be considerate that your response as a Christian is always in your hands. That doesn't matter who's in office. Your response as a Christian is always in your hands. We're going to move in today in this series of seven weeks of hope, interrupting despair. This week, we are going to be on the road to Emmaus. So you can go ahead and open up those those uh, pages of scripture to Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24. And we're going to read through this. The verses that we're going to tackle go from verse 13, clear down to verse 32. And we're going to have, first First, this is going to just be story time with Pastor Jonathan. So we'll read through this this wonderful story of, of these two travelers to Emmaus. Uh, and then we'll dive in to see what the Lord has for us. So Luke 24, here we go, starting in verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. named Cleopas, asked, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But they did not see Jesus he said to them how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory and beginning with Moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Friends, that's the word of the Lord and we give thanks to God. You may know what it was like in some capacity here in 2020 for these two travelers towards Emmaus their lives had been turned upside down in a matter of of days and they were slipping further and further towards a cliff and and it seemed like God was nowhere in sight In fact, for them, it might even had already felt like, which it does for many of us, that they had already gone over the cliff and they were free falling. And the only thing that they could do right now was consider the damage control part of life. And as they looked around to see where the Lord was in all of this, it was not clear. Even the Lord seemed absent. Now, Jesus, this person, This person this man famous for profound words this man who was famous for the miracles that that he would do often among the people he was with Uh, he walks up and catches up it says like he catches up to these travelers on the way to Emmaus and what does it say that Jesus does for them does he offer them words of comfort words of hope does he move and wave his hands around and do some sort of, sort of a miracle to, to help them in that moment? The answer would be a shocking no if we are observing with eyes common to our times that are impatient, eyes typical to our times that are unable to look for more than a moment without needing to scroll down the screen or swipe to a next thing in life. But I'll tell you that if we approach Jesus with those modern eyes, then we are gonna cancel Jesus every time. We're gonna move on every single time. We won't even get to that second step of faith. Now the message I'm prepared to share with you right now, it's about hope and it's about joy. But nowadays, I almost feel like we need to put a warning out in front of messages like this that says something like rated PR, process required. (laughs) We probably need to print it on our song sheets when people come to worship. It needs to say PR because the temptation might be to start singing the worship songs and then start trying to figure out how to scroll past them because they're taking too long or because we're not patient enough to let our worship do its work. I probably need to put a pr on every single sermon that i preach because there are moments when i know you might start looking up and and i can see you trying to like swipe like this on top of me thinking that somehow you can make me go faster but you can't <laughs> you just need to sit with it because there is process required when it comes to god and it comes to faith verse 15. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. So if we're keeping score at home, Jesus catches up with these two travelers along this path, they're, they're trudging along this path of of hopelessness, right? I mean, they had just been through the whole scene. They're taking these ponderous, hard steps. Their hearts were heavy and they were weighed down as they were recalling having just been through the arrest, the torture, the crucifixion, the burial of Jesus, of this leader in their lives. And now Jesus walks up and instead of just saying, hey, I'm alive, here I am. It says the verb that he, they were kept. This was an active, this was an active verb that God does. They were kept from recognizing him. Cancel culture enthusiasts unite. I mean, this is this is rated PR. If you if if you can't appreciate that there's a process happening here, this is where you close the Bible. You close the book on God and you say, no, I'm just gonna do it myself. God's not even there. Now what's the second act second action that Jesus takes verse 17 he asked them what are you discussing together as you walk along do you think Jesus might have known what they're discussing (laughs) yet Jesus asks what are you discussing together as you walk along and they stood still their faces downcast They are walking along in this disheartened state. And what does Jesus do? He pushes them deeper into it. I mean, talk about kicking them while they're down. He knows exactly what they're thinking about, what they're talking about, and yet he comes up and he asks them a question that forces them to stare directly into the source of their pain. In fact, it even makes these These people that are walking along this road, it causes them to suddenly stop and to bow their heads. And again, this Greek word has this idea of feeling defeated, uh, of being overcome. And Jesus knows exactly where he is asking them to now linger. He knows exactly where he is asking them to be. He knows that this will stop them dead in their tracks. Why must we sit in those places of darkness in our lives. Why does God ask questions of your despair? And Jesus points to it. He's going to begin probing it. He invites them into the room. In fact, it almost as if he forces them into the room where they are going to confront the darkness. And the question is, in your life, why would why would God do this? Why would God, the Holy Spirit, lead you into that place? It's a rated PR. They keep walking along and, and Cleopas says that he, he began to tell Jesus, have you, are you the only foreigner that has not heard the things that have happened in these past few days? Who thinks that Jesus knows about the things that happened the past few days? Isn't it a little ironic that this disciple of Jesus is now looking at him and saying, are you the only person that doesn't know Jesus was crucified? Jesus is like, yeah, I remember it pretty well. (laughs) I went into that tomb. I rose to eternal life. Notice how humble Jesus is in this situation as he walks alongside of humanity, as he walks alongside of you. In this process, it's not just this manipulation game. Jesus is sacrificing again of himself to come alongside these disciples and to be asked now this question, hey, you stranger, it's almost like they're deriling him. They're almost putting him down. Are you the only one around here? How dumb are you that you don't know what's happened the past few days? Trust me, Jesus knows. The next step in this process, it says that Jesus calls them out. And then what does Jesus do? He opens up a Bible. He opens up a Bible and he begins to explain. It says all the scriptures that talked about him, particularly about him being the Messiah that needed to suffer to save all of us, what it would have been like to be like a fly on a wall. Or buzzing around them as they were walking to Emmaus, <laughs> to hear what Jesus tells these two travelers, to be able to see so clearly. And they get to where they're going to be ending this trip, and I, people think it might be Cleopas's house, and they get there and I love it. Jesus acts like he's going to keep walking along, as if Jesus has somewhere else to be. I love it. And what does these, these two travelers do? They urge Jesus to come in. Again, Jesus humbles himself, he obliges. There's a scripture in Revelation, what does it say? Knock on the door. I stand at the door and I knock. If you let me in, what does Jesus say he will do? He'll sit, he'll eat. What happens? Jesus is at the door. They invite him to come in and they sit at the table. This is a pretty long process. He sits at the table he takes the bread he gives thanks and he breaks it and immediately what happens their eyes are opened in the beginning of the story the verb the action is that they were kept from seeing him their eyes were shut at the end of the process it says now the opposite their eyes were opened Do you see the agency of God that this is all God's action? God is in control in this whole process in our lives, in our formation, the process of our ability to see God and understand what brings hope. Their eyes were opened to the hope of Christ In their despair. They were interrupted by hope. But look, maybe in this series so far, you've seen it as a momentary interruption, whereas typically in our lives the interruption is a process it is over time where where once we feel like our eyes are closed to that hope or that truth and then we we are led through to the end in which we're sitting with Christ and we're at the table with him and our eyes are opened let me highlight something having to do with this process there are many times In life in which it feels like we don't we don't know where the presence of Christ is where where God goes unnoticed and at times it doesn't even feel like we understand just like when Jesus walks up to these travelers and it says that they did not recognize him it's as if Jesus comes up to them incognito he's got his his disguise on and they can't see clearly This makes me think, maybe this is where I push on you today. Jesus may be closer to you than you think. Jesus may be closer than you even dare to imagine. Like right here. Like right now. let's push on this a little further how would you make the judgment if God were here if the Lord Jesus were here and present how would you decide if He were or not or throughout the course of your days as you leave here and then as you go into the rest of this week how will you decide how will you judge if the Lord Jesus is present in your life in your days in your moments really think about that how can you decide if Jesus is present Perhaps you'll say that you'll rely on your eyes and your ears if I see him or if I hear him he's there if not then he's not well of course by that reasoning things like magnetism things like gravity would never exist but you say look I can drop something I can see that gravity is working that's what this is the Bible is thousands of years of how God's gravity has been witnessed, has been recorded, and is now something like the empirical evidence, the report that the church hands every single person as the evidence of God's power, of the, ev- the evidence of God's gravity pulling on your life, the evidence of God's presence in your life, each and every single day Jesus comes up to those travelers and where does he lead them to to their Bibles he has them open up scripture he comes incognito and points them to scripture to show you and me also that with his spirit present that we don't always see scripture is enough scripture is enough for you to see God's presence in your life thanks to the power of the Holy Spirit there's a formation process that as you open up scripture, you are interacting with God. Life is PR. Life is process required. And in the church, we call this spiritual formation. Spiritual not because it is some otherly, otherworldly thing that is disconnected or unplugged from life, not, not spiritual because it only it only remains in the abstract. No, in fact, it's the opposite. Spiritual formation is that which gives us perspective that we can have our eyes opened so that when we live our lives here and now, as we get results, for instance, of national elections, or as we go about our lives with the, with the challenges of COVID taking away our, our jobs or our, our incomes, as our health's are questioned, as every single part of your life happens, spiritual formation is that which opens our eyes as we see, opens our eyes so that we can see clearly what's actually happening, and opens our eyes to the hope that transcends and interrupts the despair that you might be tempted to enter into. You might seem like Jesus has gone into that tomb, and like those disciples walking to Emmaus, it might seem like all hope has been lost, But when we use scripture with God's presence with us, that despair is interrupted with a hope that is not something that we control. That hope is something that is given to us freely and is outside of us. And so it can interact with us and it can change each one of us. When he was at the table with them, He took bread, gave thanks, he broke it, and began to to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. In this moment, when they finally recognized Jesus, is it now that he's going to stay with them and and, and they're going to go to Disneyland together and they're going to go camping together and and they're going to go out to get a coffee and he's going to talk to them about how they can change what they're doing in the workplace. Is Jesus going to be physically present with them now in a way that they can see? No. Actually, in the moment that their eyes are opened is the moment that he finally disappears. <laughs> he had been with them, walking with them the entire time until their eyes are opened and then he disappears. My friends, we... we we cannot expect Jesus will be with you in a way that you can see. Rather, the spiritual formation, this process of life, is that through his presence, the invisible presence, the spiritual presence, you are being formed each and every day by God. Over time, our perception has changed in relation to the reality of God. And the call today is for us to be opening up our Bibles. This week, when things might look like they're going the wrong way, (laughs) open up your Bible. Open up Scripture. Because in your discussions and in your coming and going in this next week, remember this. Verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things with each other jesus himself came up and walked along with them lord we ask that as as we shut the page for this moment on this story lord i ask that you would give us the inspiration the you would give us the vision that you are actually there right now walking up alongside of each of us each and every day. Lord, what does this mean? What does it mean that you're interacting with us, that your spirit is interacting with us? Lord, we pray and we commit ourselves in this week that we would open up scriptures and that we would let your spirit give us Give us the hope that interrupts our despair. Lord, mature our minds, our perception, our will. Lord, encourage us this week to respond as your church, particularly when those around us turn to despair. May we be the interrupting force of hope. May we be the church. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen.